you know, kind of proven good team against a very average team that everybody wants to be good because they play in Las Vegas and they love John Gruden. Tough opening week for the doctor. Capping it off with that Raiders win on MNF. But first, it is Swiper Sports, your sports pod hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock, episode 56. Actually, last week I said it was episode 55. It was really, I think, episode 54. So this is 55, but we're calling 56. Who cares? We're here. We're back. We're getting the CFB DFS preview of week three day slate starting in a moment. And then afterwards, we hop to the NFL, or I happen to start out pretty hot with a nice uh, four and one week. So uh, before we do, let's start out with our CFB DFS preview on DraftKings this week now. All right, welcome in one and all. We're doing uh, week three day slate here on DraftKings. And just to reiterate, this is kind of an expansion on my writing post on fakepigskin.com. I encourage you to go check that out where I lay out some of my uh, favorite targets. And this is the same thing, but it's just expanded because I go game by game. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, you know, hey, I like CJ Stroud and Spencer Rattler. Um, This is more designed for figuring out ways and, and bargains and good value plays so you can be able to find a reasonable way to afford those guys and get a good output for lower price, mid-tier range guys. So that is kind of the focus here. And let's get in as a 12-game board. First game is Tulsa at Ohio State. Ohio State minus 24.5 over under of 61. So the big storyline coming out of last week, or at least one of them, was the Ohio State and Notre Dame defenses being very vulnerable to say the least. And I agree with both of those. Um, so is there sneaky value in the Tulsa offense here? And um, offense, offense. My answer is not really. Um, as much as I think the Ohio State defense is vulnerable, and I agree with that narrative at this point in the season, and it probably will be, be somewhat of an Achilles heel all season long, I still need to at least feel like there's um, high-level quarterback play on the other side that can actually take advantage of a poor defense because just because the defense is bad you can almost argue that this is a good matchup for Ohio State's defense with kind of low-level quarterback play in Tulsa's Davis Brin so far this season just hasn't demonstrated that he can really get that offense going to where he can take advantage of even poor defenses they lost to UC Davis in their season opener um, when they were 22 point favorites we talked about that last week and then um you know, still put up kind of a so-so performance against Oklahoma State last week. So, well, the prices are kind of good on the receivers, like Kylan Stokes and Sam Crawford Jr., I just don't have enough confidence in Davis Brin to kind of lift the ceilings up to make them worth it this week. So um, I'm pretty much out on the Tulsa offense altogether. Um, I'll let someone else take that chance, and God bless them. So, uh, oh, and the other thing, too, is like, we say they're bad, but Ohio State went up against at least a competent offense with a strong running game in Minnesota, and Oregon's very well balanced, very well coached. 
Um, and I think they ran for something like 260 yards or 300 yards. I think Verdell had 260 on his own. So those are good offenses. Keep that in mind that those are competent, well-coached, good offenses with decent quarterback play. So that's why they, Ohio State looked the way it did. Um, on the other side, of course, we're all in on Ohio State's offense. Am I willing to pay 10K for C.J. Stroud? Yes, I am. Um, if you look at all the quarterbacks kind of on this board, I think only him and Rattler have that super high, high floor where they're in an offense that's likely going to get to four to six offensive touchdowns. And there isn't a lot of places where that is offered in the slate. I think maybe if you might want to look with um, DJ Uyangalele with Clemson, maybe he's someone you can pay down for that has that upside. Or maybe even um, Grayson McCall for Coastal Carolina, I think could approach that level as well in a nice matchup. But I'm not kind of, I don't really want to fool around a quarterback. I may start out a lot of lineups with Stroud and Rattler in the Superflex and then build from there with like mid-range guys across the board. So let's talk about some of those mid-range guys with Ohio State. I still think Garrett Wilson is undervalued at 6,400. I talked about him last week saying he needs to be north of 7K. And then the other guy, of course, is Jackson Smith. Jigba. Jigba? I think that's how he's feeling. Anyway, um, let's just call it Jackson Smith Jigba. JMG. We'll just do that from now. JSG. What am I talking about? Anyway, moving on. Um, you could see the upside for all these guys last week. Um, I think, in my opinion, every single week they are capable, especially in a matchup like this, they could all get something like five catches, 100, 120 yards, and a touchdown. I think they all can do that in the same game every week in a matchup like this. So I think if you're looking at guys like Smith Jigba, who's I think 5,400, yeah, all over that this week. Love his upside. Uh, he had a breakout performance last week with, I think, three scores. So, yeah, definitely look for him. And then tight end Jeremy Rucker is kind of a solid dart throw. I think at 3,200, I think he is. Probably a couple catches, big target. Might find the end zone at some point. So he, he's a nice dart throw candidate. And then as far as the running backs go, it looked like Master Teague. I don't know if he was hurt or not. Uh, no one said anything, but he didn't play at all. It looked like maybe he's out of the rotation, and this is maybe forming a two-headed monster with Mayan Williams and the star freshman Travion Henderson. I do think it's very difficult right now to pay the price for Mayan Williams, knowing that this is kind of at least a 50-50 thing with Travion Henderson at the moment. So in my opinion, in this situation, I pay for the cheaper guy because they kind of have a similar type of role. And both are game breakers. Trayvon Henderson, we saw against Minnesota take that pass uh, to the house on a long like 60, 70 yard play, and he's explosive. So um, I would just probably either play the lower price guy in Trayvon Henderson or just avoid it altogether if you don't like the headache of that rotation. So that's it with Ohio State. Let's move on to the next game. It is Nebraska at Oklahoma. Um, Oklahoma is minus 22 and a half over under 61. For Nebraska, outside of wide receiver Samori Torre at 5,600, not really interested in the Cornhusker offense this week at all. You also want to get the status of wide receiver Oliver Martin. Uh, he's maybe one of the top or 1A option with Torre in that offense at this point. Um, he was out last week. No indication yet for this week. But, um, yeah, I don't know if – I would only be interested in Torre if he is out still. If not, I might avoid this offense altogether. Both the wide receiver and running backs are still kind of 
They remain unestablished at this point through two games, and I just can't be trusted in this spot in a tough matchup because we're there. Um, let's face it, they're going to be behind by a lot of points. It's going to be all kind of whacked out game flow and game script. It just doesn't bode well for uh, paying the prices you need to pay and get these guys to return value. So on the other side, you know my feelings on Rattler. As far as the running backs and receivers go for Oklahoma, they are fairly priced in my opinion. The pecking order pretty much is Marvin Mims in the wide receivers, Jaden Hazelwood and Mike Woods is mostly the established pecking order. Probably Hazelwood and Mike Woods, you can kind of call 2-2-A if you want. Um, both Kenny Brooks and Eric Gray running back, I think are very solid value. Again, this is an offense kind of like Ohio State. You know they're going to get four to six offensive touchdowns in a game like this. And Brooks and Gray, good likely upside that they can maybe get one or two of those. Uh, Gray caught one last week, I think, um, in a blowout win over like Western Carolina or something. So um, he's a really dynamic player, really good as a receiver. He always was at Tennessee. So I think he can be really explosive in this offense. So if you're looking for a pay down option at running back, I think those guys definitely make sense. That's it for that game. Let's move on to Alabama at Florida. Bama is a 14 and a half point favorite over under 59. So are we slightly reluctant on a Bama O first real test on the road? Swamp should be a fired up crowd. My answer is no. Um, this is a bad Florida defense with a secondary being the most vulnerable. And um, I think I'm just not going to really be too afraid that uh, all the talent and weapons that they have on that offense can't take advantage of this. Um, you know, I know they haven't played a true road game yet, but I, I'm not too worried about this offense at all. They, they look really explosive still, even when we replace them with all the guys they have. So. I'm all in on the Bama offense this week. Don't hesitate to throw in anyone you want. Um, I think the offense is fairly priced, that said. Um, there are some stiff prices out there. Best value, in my opinion, is running back Brian Robinson Jr. at 6,400. As long as you have that kind of feature back role that he projects to have in, in an offense like this, I think that's a really nice value. He should probably be closer to 7K, in my opinion. And then tight end Cameron Latu. He kind of took this role in the offseason from what we thought was going to be Jaheel Billingsley, who broke out really well last season. Uh, it was Latou that kind of came on, and he's been the guy who's been really impressive all offseason. And he looked apart in the first game with two touchdowns against Miami. So um, at 4,700, again, in an offense like this, it's probably going to get you know, close to 40 points. Yeah, I love having a guy who has a pretty solidified role. Uh, can look for maybe four to five catches, 50 yards, and good touchdown upside in this offense. So. That's where I think the value is on the Bama side. On the other side with Florida, I am out altogether on this offense this week. And here's the reason why. You definitely have rotating quarterbacks. So tough to pay for a quarterback when you know they might not be playing half the series. Um, that's just really tough to pay for that. You don't know how much you can get. I don't really trust Emory Jones as a passer anyway. So um, that's I, I'm just kind of going to go away there and then just in general, this offense also very untested headed into a matchup facing potentially an elite defensive team, returning seven starters. They're loaded everywhere. Tons of NFL prospects in every position group. Uh, I just think this is going to be one of the, probably the, the strength of the team, one of the better units in the country as they go along for this season. So, um, yeah, I'm not too high on the Gators this week in their offense at all. So, um, just going to move on to the next game. Georgia Tech at Clemson. Clemson minus 28 and a half over under 52. 
that puts us on a script for about 40 to 12-ish, so I'm probably know I'm guessing I am out on the Yellow Jacks altogether. And even though I like a guy like Jameer Gibbs at running back, I think he's really talented. He has a nice price. Why would I pay for that when I can pay for like one of the OU running backs who are in a very much higher ceiling offense who I know has a much likelihood of scoring you know, four to five touchdowns like I was talking about. Um, so in a, in a game where Georgia Tech might struggle to score a touchdown, it's just tough to pay for that, even though he has good volume, talented player, just not the right matchup, not the right week for him. Um, and also, on the other side, running back like this, Will Shipley, who is the very highly touted recruit, gets the Christian McCaffrey comparisons all the time. Um, he's at 5,300. I think he has a lot of value. He scored two touchdowns in their last game out against, um, uh, it was a blow. It was like a really, one of those scrimmages basically. So I know it, that doesn't really matter that much, but the point is, is that they want to get this guy involved immediately as a freshman to take advantage of all the things he brings to the table as a receiver, runner. Um, I think they want to get him out on screens and ball in space type of guy. So um, I, I think with a, a game matchup like this where they're going to be scoring a lot of points, I like Shipley a lot at 5,300, and I think it's someone you can consider as a pay-down option at running back. The wide receivers, Justin Ross, very solid value at 6,200. I think he's going to end up being the clear number one guy here in this passing offense. Uh, was hurt last year, if you recall. And before that, he was really emerging as one of the star receivers on this team. So I think he has some really good upside in that at 6,200. But that's about all I want to say with Clemson. Uh, get Will Shipley in those lineups. Let's move on to Cincy at Indiana. Cincy minus four over under of 50. The only thing I want to consider on the Cincy side is tight end Josh Willie? Wild? Will? I, w Wiley? I think it's Wiley. Anyway. Um, he's at 4,200. Otherwise, not interested. He's almost kind of the de facto top receiver in the passing game. Um, not a big passing team at all, but I think, you know, a floor like five, six catches, 60 yards, I think is reasonable for him this week. They're going to have four quarters of series as opposed to like the scrimmages they've had in these, all these blowouts in the first two games. They're going to have, this should be a close game throughout. So, You'll get four quarters of action from their offenses. And then on the other side with um, Indiana. Out on Indiana altogether, maybe besides Ty Freifel at 5,900. Um, again, whether it's Cincinnati running backs or receivers or Indiana, um, besides those two guys I mentioned, it's just all these things are still being established early on in the season. They haven't really played great competition in general. So they, I think these things are still working out. And I don't feel comfortable paying the prices I have to pay in order to get value on these players. Um, doesn't mean it can't work. There could be good value return on some of these players, but I don't feel comfortable in a matchup that should be like a race to 20, mid-20s. Um, I think there's better spots to invest in. So let's move on to the next game. As I was saying, better spots to invest in. Coastal Carolina at Buffalo. Coastal Carolina is minus 13 and a half. Over under 57. Tight end Isaiah Likely, one of my favorite price floor ceiling combos at the wide receiver position on the board at 4,400. I'll tell you why. He's a clear second option for QB Grayson McCall in the passing game. His average line from a year ago was three catches, 60 yards, half 0.5 TDs. He scored in five of 10 of their games. 
He led the team in 20 yards per catch. First two games this season, he recorded five catches apiece. So you know this guy's due to find the end zone soon. Why not this week? Um, I, I think the rest of the offense is fairly priced, really. You know who the main guys are that you got to pay up for um, in the offense. But um, I really like this guy. I think he's in really nice value at the wide receiver position, even though he is a tight end. Uh, big target, 6'4", like 240, and just a big play guy. So definitely someone to consider as like a building block piece. I know he'll be in a lot of my lineups. On the other side, as far as value plays go, um, outside of Kevin Marks Jr., 6K, I'm out on this team. Um, you know, just not a really good high-level offensive team and a tough matchup with Coastal Carolina. So I, I got other spots I, I can invest in. Like the next game, Purdue at Notre Dame. Notre Dame over under 7.5. Uh, sorry, minus 7.5, over under 58.5. And this is another guy, nice price floor ceiling candidate at running back for Purdue. We talked about Notre Dame being a very leaky D right now, and it is a problem now that we've seen Florida State play their second game. Um, yeah, th- this is a problem here. So running back Xander Horvath out for Purdue with an injury now for a few weeks. That makes King Daru at 4,600 and Dylan Downing at 4,200 the likely candidates to have their ceilings raised. And I think you're going to see the first crack go to King Daru. Um, he's a junior. He's the veteran. He's been with the team for about three years. And um, he did get some starting experience back in 2019 when they experienced some injuries at that position. So uh, he produced fine when he got the carries and he got the he got the role there. So I think he's probably safe for, you know, maybe 15 touches, catching passes as well. And I think it's a really nice matchup with a high, high floor, high ceiling. So... He's at 4,600. I think that's a really good place where you can get solid production at that price from a running back position. So I think you'll see him get the first crack. Um, could develop into a hot hand thing with Dylan Downing, but I think Daru is the guy you want this week. Definitely consider him. Wide receiver, we know David Bell and uh, Payne Durham at tight end are these studs, and they are priced accordingly. So um, other than that, let's move on to the Notre Dame side. So the story here is last week, and he started to mix in their highly recruited quarterback, Tyler Buckner, uh, over Jack Cohn. And so, again, you start playing games like this, it's like the Florida situation except worse because these guys, I think, are more expensive. Um, yeah, I I can't play a guy who I don't know if they're going to play like half the game. So I'm avoiding, avoiding quarterback situations for uh, Florida and Notre Dame this week. And we got to see this thing play out. Um, even though, again, going back to Florida for a second, I obviously love Anthony Richardson as a talent. I think he probably should end up being the starting quarterback altogether, but if they're not going to just do it that way, then I, I can't trust it in for CFB DFS purposes. And then, uh, yeah, we know the rest of the Notre Dame offense, straightforward, Kyron Williams, Michael Mayer, Chris Tyree are the guys that are going to get the most value week to week, and they're all priced fairly. So let's move on to USC at Washington State. Nice value here. Uh, USC minus 8.5 over under of 62. So long, Clay Helton. Interim head coach Dante Williams, now formerly the cornerbacks coach, will be taking over this week. Big thing for USC's offense, we need to know the status of Drake London. Reports indicate he will suit up. He left the game last week um, with an injury, but I think he'll be back in. He's priced accordingly. He's, he's the stud receiver there. Um, but the guy I'd like for his, in terms of value is Taj Washington. He's a five, 5K. He's a burner, transferred from Memphis. Um, he's been kind of the second option in that pass game so far this year, and I think he's capable of a, a nice floor and ceiling 
in a game where the over-under is 62. Should be a lot of points here. The running back situation, USC is kind of 50-50 split with Vave, Mopoli, and uh, he's at 4,700. And Keontae Ingram, Texas transfer, 5,300. Um, I, just in terms of price, I would probably take Vave over Ingram, but Ingram, I think, has maybe the more uh, dynamic upside as just a receiver out of the backfield. So, I don't know. Probably avoid this altogether. I think there's better spots, like maybe a King Daru we just talked about um, that has probably a lead role this weekend, a nice matchup. On the other side with Washington State, one of my other favorite price, floor, ceiling combo meals on the board at receiver, along with Isaiah Likely, Kelvin Jackson Jr. Um, he's basically operating as a 1-1A receiver in this offense through two games. His line is 10 for 168 and one touchdown in their first two contests. Um, he he leads the team in yards. He's second on reception. So um, I think in an op, uh, you know, in a, in a game like this with a lot of points, um, a lot of good game flow for passing probably for them. Yeah, I think he makes a ton of sense as a nice building block piece of the receiver position. So if you're like me and you're, you know you want to start with Stroud and Rattler and you get your price down to maybe in the mid 5K range for your remaining players, uh, this is a perfect target to go to and it's somebody I will be targeting myself. At running back, Max Borgi is the uh, workhorse cowbell role. 6,700, I think he may be slightly undervalued. I think he can compete for the top running back on the board. Uh, he has that kind of a role and is a talented player. So let's move on to the next game. FSU at Wake Forest. Woo! Friends and family special. Um, Wake Forest minus 5.5 over under 61.5. Remember when FSU was a perennial top 10 program and routinely churning out NFL caliber talent like Wark Dunn and Peter Wark? Ah, yeah, me too. Um, we're out on the Seminoles. <laughs> Offense is just still finding itself under a new starter now, Mackenzie Milton. Uh, definitely pulling for him. He's a great story. But, um, you know, I, I can't do it. There's just not enough, too many unknowns. And I want to reiterate, you know, when I say I'm out on this offense this week, and I'm just you know, going to avoid this situation altogether, it doesn't mean it can't work. It doesn't mean I'm going to be right. Um, you can get value in this game from some of these players. I'm just, I have no basis for trying to say that. I have, I have nothing, no logic or basis to say, yeah, no, I think this is a good spot. I would completely be guessing. We're going to talk about a similar situation coming up with our uh, final few games, but... It, again, I don't. I don't want to say that you shouldn't play this at all. I'm just saying, for me personally, I got better spots to invest my money in. I, there's just games like this. Even there's just the roles, the offenses, the quarterback play. It's so inconsistent. I'd be completely just guessing, and I, I, I'd rather guess in places where I kind of have a more idea of what's to come. So, just want to reiterate that point. Just doesn't mean you shouldn't play it. I'm just not doing it. So, uh, on the other side of Wake Forest. Running back Christian Beal Smith, I think he's a solid pay down option at that position as well, 5,900. He definitely has the lead back um, in that offense. We know stud wide receiver Jamari Roberson, 6,800. Also, I think he has upside to be the top wide receiver on the board, so maybe slightly undervalued, but he's still pretty stiffly priced at 6,800. And then QB Sam Harmon, decent pay down option as well at quarterback. So, other than that, let's move on to MSU at Miami. Miami minus six and a half, over under 56. My Spartans heading to South Beach. Big test for my boy Mel Tucker. So I think on the Spartan side, 
I think we're priced fairly. Um, all their studs, you know, the, the top running back, top receiver, quarterback, I think are fairly priced. The one guy, I think wide receiver Jalen Naylor, really solid value at 4K. He's kind of the second option in that passing offense. Um, but I think, again, this may be a game where I don't know that I'm too keen on it for fantasy purposes. Let's talk about on the Miami side. Here's a really solid example of what I'm talking about. Running back Cameron Harris has a nice, pretty nice matchup here. Nice price, I think around 5,400. Good role on the team. In my opinion, for fantasy purposes this week, I'd rather have guys that are all, these are all less expensive. King Daru, Will Shipley. Um, so that's when I say like, hey, Cameron Harris, just in terms of the kind of the matchup, the game projection, I'd rather have those two guys that are cheaper than him. Same goes for wide receivers. I mean, Mike Harley and Charleston Rambo, at the price you have to pay to get them, they're like $6,200, $6,100. my opinion, I'd rather have Jackson Smith Jigma, Taj Washington, Calvin Jackson Jr., the guys we talked about, tight ends Cameron Likely, sorry, Latou for Alabama, and Isaiah Likely for Coastal Carolina. I'd rather have all those guys, and they're cheaper than the Miami receivers just because of the matchup, the game projection, quarterback play. I feel like those are better situations than those other guys that I named. Um, and speaking of ugly games, Minnesota, Colorado, a race to 20. Colorado minus three, over under 48 and a half. Um, story with Minnesota is Chris Ottman Bell status. Indications are right now that he will play. Um, what will the impact of Dalen Wright be at 5,400? So he's been the top receiver with him out. I immediately think Altman Bell goes back to the number one guy in the offense. But again, what offense are we talking about here? This is a very run-heavy attack. Um, without Even without Mo Ibrahim, uh, Trey, Trey Potts is now the new bell cow role. He went for 34-178 in two touchdowns last week in the win over Miami of Ohio. So they're still very run-first. They're going to want to play ball control defense. That's their style. Um, so I don't know that I'm, I'm really to pay 5800 for Altman Bell. I don't know. I'd have to see it maybe for a week to really uh, pay that kind of price for him. Again, where I think there's other places that we've talked about that I named a bunch of those guys in that um, comparison with the Miami receivers. I'd rather have them and they're cheaper. So um, on the other side with Colorado, running back Jarek Broussard, 5,700 is the only consideration I would make for Colorado. He's definitely going to get the lead back, lead share of the role um, of the carries, I should say. And, um, you know, he is kind of like Minnesota as well. This is a ball control defensive team. That's the way they want to play it. So there's going to be a lot of running on the side, on the Colorado side. Um, the passing offense is still just finding their way with dual threat quarterback Brendan Lewis leading it. And I don't know enough and can't trust anything to pay for anyone in there. So let's go move on to the last game. It is Virginia Tech at West Virginia. West Virginia minus three over under 51. The Pac-12 ACC showdown we've all been waiting for. So I'm just going to keep this one simple. Again, two very defensive, ball control style teams here. Outside of running back Letty Brown from West Virginia, all the running back and receivers in this game very touchdown dependent in order to return value at their prices. Um, again, just to reiterate, going back to that Miami running back wide receiver example where I named guys and said, hey, I like all these guys 
um, at a cheaper price, just based on situation, over under Vegas projection, the offense they're in, the quarterback play, the matchup, all those things mean a lot to me when I'm playing in these contests. And I need to have that kind of, that good feel on paper, checking those boxes in order to pay the prices. Because otherwise, you're just guessing. I could come out here and say, hey, yeah, I really like Sam James receiver at West Virginia at 5,300. But between him, Bryce Ford Wheaton, and Winston Wright Jr., they're like the same dude. It's the Spider-Man meme. And every week, you're just, it's a, it's a guess as to who will be the top producer in that group. Um, and so, again, it's not to say it can't work, right? It can happen. There can be value coming out of those receivers from West Virginia. I have no idea where it's going to come from, though. I'm not going to pretend like I do because I have no reason to. It's just it was completely random last year, and so far this year it could be completely random. And going back to that Sam James example, Sam James could have six catches for 122 touchdowns. He could also have three catches for 30 yards. And that's where I go, but I know on the Ohio State offense with Jackson Smith Jigma, you know, he his floor is more like five for 60, 70 yards, and much more likely in that offense in that matchup to get a touchdown where you know that offense is going to produce four, six offensive touchdowns, where in this game, it, it's just going to be a race to the mid-20s, and there's it's going to be just ugly. And I think the Miami-Michigan State game, I also, I like the under that game. I think that's going to be an ugly game as well, like more closer like what App State-Miami was last week. I just think it's going to be just a defensive struggle. So that's my own biased opinion. Take it for what it is. But that is it. That is the board. The end. You did it. I did it. We did it. On to the NFL picks now. Uh, it is week two of the NFL. We are here, as always. I'm joined by um, my celebrity guest, the doctor. <laughs> the picks. When did I become? When did I become a celebrity? I, two weeks in a row you've gone with that. Always been a celebrity. Um, Man, going back, going back to, going back to 20, 2019 when you uh, started coming out here. You've been, you've been oh. the biggest you've been the biggest pull I've been able to get. So it's tough. I, it's tough I, for I, you. I appreciate you coming back. Um, so, Doctor, week one was a little bit tough um, for you. Um, do you want to talk about? Maybe where you went wrong, or just in general, your, your thoughts. Was, I think I think I had you at one and four. That's correct. Yeah, you know, I went back. I, I saw the, the the weekend start out strong with that with that uh, Pitt Buffalo game, and then I saw it kind of going in a bad direction. I went back and checked my model, and I hadn't pulled some of the COVID stuff I had put in there out of the model. Okay. So that was a big. That was a big mistake. That was a big mistake. So that that influenced the one and four. I've, I've reset. To more of a non-COVID model, so I think okay. we're 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 going to be back in good shape here. All Make right. sense? I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I think we've all been in you know kind of a weird headspace with how we're handling these uh, games, and so we yeah, need to I get just back didn't to... update the variables. Man. Just didn't update the variables right. from last season. Right. So. I'm, glad, I'm glad you plugged your model in that way for this week. Yeah. Um, but um, just to kind of do a quick review, um, I was uh, four and one, hot start. And, um, nice. Yeah, I, I did get nice in my, my prop bets. Um, the one loss was uh, Michael Pittman, which we'll get to later. Um, so last year, overall, in, in these bets, I just kind of wanted to revisit this because I didn't pull these numbers from last week when we did uh, 
week one. I hit on 46% of our power five. That's not great. Um, lifetime on this pod or when they've been documented on other side uh, websites, that is. I'm 51%. This is going back to 2017. So I pulled up this numbers uh, this week just to kind of get a perspective of kind of how I've done. And uh, Doctor, last week I was talking about your one four. Last year, 48%. Lifetime on this pod, 48% as well since 2019. So well, I'd love to throw you my 2017, 2018 numbers, which I did send to you every prop, week, by the way. Prop, prop, prop. And those those were both well over uh, 50% years. Prop, so. Probably probably 65%, I'm sure. Um, I say but, I send them to you. I probably have. I could probably actually go back to, through the chat log and probably have it from years ago. Every who wants, But who wants to do that? Well, um, I, you know, I just, I, I'd like a little no. acknowledgement that you received those and they were good years. That's all. They were. No, they, they, no, I, I, I agree with that. And I can, I can vouch. Um, so can I just want, I cannot, I just want to talk about just kind of where we were at coming into this year a little bit. Um, cause we're all switching things up. You know, we're kind of also including different things now that all these platforms are available to us and we have actual, we can make like player prop bets. We can make, teaser bets and I can give you the actual odds on those and what you can the payout on DraftKings Sportsbook. So just kind of setting the table for that. Um, talking previous year trends, remember kind of going back to overall, we would always come up with what happens every year. It's like underdogs and road teams. Yeah. Just crazy, right? So what would you guess happened in week one with the NFL? I, I think we I think we had a dog I think we had some dogs. And I think we had some I don't know if they're road dogs or not. I guess I have to go look at that, but definitely some dogs. Yeah, so um, obviously full board of sixteen games with no buys. Uh, underdogs were eleven and five. Yeah. Road teams were ten and six. Home favorites, two and seven. And uh, home, home dogs four and three and the uh, substantial favorites which we consider to be seven or greater they were two and oh courtesy of uh, our lie downs and uh who was the other big one? Oh, it's oh, the lambs of course um the Ra- well the rams of stafford um they, we're gonna talk uh, about both those teams later yeah, yeah. I, I, one of my plays was the teaser he didn't need the points so that was two and that, yeah. statue uh, and, uh, statue teaser right statue teaser and obviously um you know outright losers of those stands players there were zero uh, so this week, again, full board, 16 games. We have nine home favorites, seven home dogs. There are three substantial favorites. And I think looking at this board like we do every week, most of these lines are, you know, probably four or less if you go across the league. Um, and it's almost kind of like even if you're picking a team that is plus three and a half or plus four, you have a pretty strong idea that you believe they're going to win the game. I mean, that's you at least think that's a, a good possibility. But, Doc, three teams are not like the others. Uh, Vegas is planting their flag on the Texans, the Falcons, and your Detroit Lions. Um, they, they are getting an enormous amount of points in their games. Yeah. Texans, who blew out Another NFL team in Jacksonville last week are getting uh, something crazy like 12 and a half at Cleveland. Uh, Atlanta already, I think they were favored by three and a half at home against Philadelphia, now getting 12 and a half at Tampa. And of course, the Lions, um, 
no one's buying into the comeback, apparently. Well, the fake, the fake we can talk, we okay. can talk about that. We're going to talk about that a little bit real quick because we're not going to talk about it again. Well, I don't think we will. But Jacksonville, can we just get Urban to uh, exit stage left and go to Los Angeles? How, so bad, how, bad, how bad do you want it? I want it so, I want it so bad. And today, I think the agent came out and said no chance. His wife, I think, even came out and said no chance. And he said no chance, which to me chance means they're in they're in <laughs> negotiations like they're deep in negotiations it's happening by week three see you uh, on campus can't wait i i can't i i can't like fathom it yet it, it, if it happened i i would be shocked but um i wouldn't hate it just because um you know herb herb i think is probably more impactful to college football than he would be to the nfl and i mean the, the, and who knows like based on week one that it's not going, it's not going well that that was insane to see them getting just I mean straight blown out by by the Texans who are easily Not good one of the worst three teams in football. I mean clearly Vegas is already. I mean, they're, they're double digit dogs, right? Right, right. <laughs> so so um, yeah, uh, yeah. It, 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 we'll, we'll see. It, it'd be crazy. It, it definitely a very intriguing um, spot to see who lands there. Anyway, uh, I, I don't know. There's been some James Franklin talk. Is yeah, that it, 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 it's, I'm fine. Like, he's a good guy. I think he's great at recruiting, which is kind of what they need there. But I, I, I still don't know if he's got the swag. There's a little bit of swag, right? Why was Carroll so good there? He just had so much swag out there. And that plays with the plays with the muck right? But uh, I guess we'll we'll see. So Fra- Franklin seems like the the leader. If there's, uh, you know, if Herb doesn't bite on it, but um, I guess we'll see what happens. And, and Pete Carroll is great at breaking all the rules, so that's another thing. Um, was he? I think there was a million sanctions I, left when, when he left in his trail, but that's just me. I don't know. Uh, there were some scholarships lost at that point. I don't know if he was ever actually like linked to the stuff. There were things that happened. They had to penalize the university. I don't know that it ever tied back to Pete Carroll. Just, just yeah. so you know. Yeah, he got out of the right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, so... Um, <laughs> Listen, why don't why don't you start us off with your first of your five um, best bets for week two of the NFL season? Okay, uh, I am starting in uh, South Beach, where there's another big game: Spartans uh, v Canes. Uh, Buffalo at Miami. Uh, Miami is plus three and a half at home, coming off a big uh, week one win over the uh, over the Patriots. Uh, look here, so. Here's the deal. Bills aren't going 0-2, um, and the Finns aren't going 2-0 in AFC East Divisional games. Uh, Finns haven't uh, done that since 2009. It's not happening in 2021. You know, last week, the, the, the Bills struggled against Pittsburgh. We talked about that here on the pod with the, the Steeler defense being pretty good. Um, I think they had four fumbles. Obviously, the, the punt block for six. Um, without those things, could have easily been a window cover. Um, and so the good thing for Bills fans is that Allen, unlike against the Steelers, he's been dominant against the Finns. He's five and one. So I, I'm I'm really thinking Buffalo. If, if you believe they're a playoff team, this to me is is pretty straightforward. Uh, they're going to win the game. I believe they're going to cover the spread. Um, you know, credit to Tua last week for getting a win, but I wouldn't have called that necessarily inspiring. So um, you know, Buffalo minus uh, three and a half. Is the first pick. I'm with you there. Um, I didn't pick this game, but I would go Buffalo. And I just kind of, um, on those same thoughts with like week one, like it's one game. And I think with some teams like the Packers, 
even the Titans uh, in Buffalo. You just kind of kind of write it off as like, hey, everyone has bad weeks. I still view these teams as kind of who they were last season. I'm not gonna ready to like yeah. just. I'm not ready to just like write off as like you know some people are going crazy with the Packers right now and Aaron Rodgers. It's like all right, listen, like it's. Yeah. Relax. R E L A X. Relax, right? Yeah. So it's 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 one week, and it, it happens in the NFL. It's, it's, yeah. it, it, if it happened, I think if it happened, some I think if Buff, that Buffalo game happened like week seven, people just think about that way because it's week one, and that's the only game we have to go off of. If people go crazy about it. So no, I think Buffalo is still uh, the class of that division, and I'm not picking that game, but I would definitely go in that direction with Buffalo. Glad to have your support. Oh yeah, no problem. Um, my <laughs> first pick, and um, kind of like we talked about maybe a couple seasons ago, you know, we talked about my Raiders. I kind of adopted oh, a team. Boy, okay. I'm I'm gonna adopt another team this year, and it was a team that I backed last week, and they came through. They won. They covered, and for the same reasons, my Panthers plus three. <laughs> against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I don't know if you're going to even need the points. I like what I saw. Darnold looked good with the offense that he's in. He now has the playmakers around him. CMC's back, healthy, productive. They have big playmakers at receiver. Um, I like them to win this game against New Orleans, and I'm going to take them plus three. And I think they're I think they're a kind of a dark horse to be a wild card team in the NFC. I really do. You know, I believe in Matt Rule a lot in the offense according to Joe Brady. So Panthers plus three, that's it. I'm backing this team. I'm going to back them all year. They're my So are you going complete fluke between Crab and AR-12 last week? Just 100% fluke? I'm not going to say a fluke. I'm not going to say it's a fluke in terms of the result. I'm going to say it's a fluke in terms of it being like, what is it? 35 to 3 or something like that? It was the final score? Worse. I think it was even worse than that, wasn't 38, it? 38-3? Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. So, so I, I think that is a fluke. I, I don't think if they play that game again this week, you would see that same result. And also, Jameis Winston, he threw, I think, 20 passes. Like, you know, this was a game where it was just – it was a total utter disaster for the Packers. So it's kind of like Michigan beating Washington last week with 44 passing yards, that kind of game. Yeah, you know, like like, like – you could say that like it's it's just it's something where you know i again i i don't think the result overall is as far as new orleans being a solid you know potential playoff team with Jameis is a fluke and getting a win do i think they can win games like that again of course but being 38 to 3 that's not going to happen again against quality teams no uh-uh right. so um no no, no. that, that, that that's right. okay all right. Speaking of uh, your Raiders, I'll move into uh, I'll move into my second pick. We're going to go uh, Raiders at uh, the Steelers. The Steelers are laying uh, five and a half. Uh, nice win for the Raiders last week. Uh, however, uh, short week, they got a banged up O line. They're traveling across the country against a pit defense that, um, that looked pretty good last week and shutting down the Bills. T.J. Watt with his new rich contract had two sacks, five QB hits. He kind of led the D. Um, and you know the Raiders won the game, but they still struggled in some areas. The Ravens last week had the eighth highest hurry percentage against the Raiders, so they were getting to Carr. The Steelers had the second highest 
hurry percentage at 20% against the Bills last week. So, you know, seeing what the Steelers did and what happened when the you know, Ravens played the Raiders, not looking good for start the car. Um, so I think the defense there for um, Pittsburgh wins the wins the matchup. The other thing with the Steelers, obviously teams improve throughout the course of the season. I think you're going to see some large jumps early as Big Ben and the new coordinator kind of continue to mesh. Um, and so with that in mind, Baltimore threw 406 yards and 27 points in the Raiders last week. So I think it's an opportunity for the Steelers to have a good offensive week. So really to simplify, I'm going this way. Raiders, battle line against a very good Steelers D and a healthy Big Ben with a new offense against a suspect Raiders defense. I'm going Steelers uh, minus five and a half. Uh, to add to that, uh, Steelers are five and one against the spread in their last six games in September and nine and four against the spread in their last 13 versus uh, AFC opponents. You just can't help yourself with going against this, Ra- well, we're, we're look, go, going against this Raider team. Oh, you hate... Well, Oh, I you hate John. You hate John Gruden. I just think they're. I just think they're all right. Just think they're all right. <laughs> all the time. I think there's some value against them in a lot of ways. I played a little clip from last week at the beginning of the opener of you this podcast, mm. talk, talking about how they're just a team that everyone wants to like because they play in Las Vegas and people like John Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Though. You know it's true. You may make fun of me, but you know it's true. It's, it's probably Vegas probably builds it into the line. So, yeah. Um, probably. <laughs> the, um, yeah, I have no opinion on that game. I kind of um, – I, I don't know what to make of, again, Pittsburgh's offense. You know you know my thoughts on Roethlisberger. I think he probably uh, um, maybe playing a few years too many here. Oh, uh, gosh. It's about uh, Tom Brady. Uh, that, was the only, that was the only one I got wrong. I was running about Drew Brees. Uh, Where are so, you? Oh, okay. Okay. What, what, I, 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 don't, I don't have the energy. Okay. I okay. I, I mean, I, there's no energy needed. That was right. So, um, uh, I, I have no opinion on that game. I, I I'm just kind of interested to see, you know, how it plays out. Uh, so, I will move on to my second pick. And uh, last week you kind of did this. I'm doing it this week. It, it didn't work out for you, but I, I don't think it was the wrong. I still I still agree with the logic, but I'm hitting the easy button, and I'm doing the Chiefs. On Monday Night Football, minus three and a half. Um, I think the Ravens are in for a really long season. I think this running back situation is going to catch up with them if it hasn't already. And also, like, a lot of people always think about the Ravens as this, like, really good defensive team. I think they're physical and they're tough, but it doesn't mean you're good. Uh, Derek Carr, the Raiders, just put up 491 yards on you. I, I I think Carr himself was accounted for 430 plus they didn't run the ball at all basically running, the car. it was basically running the high school offense he was in the huddle going hey darren waller you run this route and i'm gonna throw to you if there's three guys on your or, it doesn't matter and it actually worked like it was crazy i think he had something like 17 targets in that game i mean it was so uh just oh did that oh time out i just jd medicine just score i'm i'm so we're pl- I'm playing a good friend of ours. Uh, I, 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 anyway, I need to add. What did you, what'd you want him to do there? Look, no, oh, I have I have Antonio. I, I, thought, I thought you were asking for uh, the receiver. Fucking ridiculous. Okay, okay. Well, hey, I have Logan Thomas. I want him to score there. But, but why? Why do you got? I mean, he's on. Uh, do we need? Do we need to interrupt the podcast for that? 
I, I need to they had, I, look. They had a no, they had no timeouts as a passing down. I'm assuming Gibson would normally be in there in a goal line situation. They were trying to th- show pass, and they went to him. I, I'm guessing that's what happened. There is that why you're pissed off? I, it's just Gibson. It should be in there. I, I don't deserve I, I get, it. I get it, but they're trying to like show pass and then went wrong. They didn't have any timeouts left. Is my guess. I, I don't care why. Well, I, it was, I'm just saying it was a, it was the right football move. Exactly. That's that's why you're only at 51. percent Okay. Anyway, um, you know you know we're, we're playing a good friend of ours, and I, I don't want to lose. So anyway, um, yeah. anyway, back to the Ravens not being a good football team. Okay. Um, so no, I think the defense. I I don't I don't. They're average at best, and um, I don't know if you recall, Doctor. Um, there was a September Monday Night Football showdown. Last year, hey, real quick, by the way, just before you go into this and, and maybe yeah. ruin your trend, this yeah. is the Sunday night game. Just so you know. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it is. You, the, oh, you oh, know, the, you know oh, the lineups. The lineups. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. But anyway, so oh, I didn't want. Well, I didn't want you to go on some big, big aha me, moment. And be like, hey, Bob, it's a Sunday night game. Well, so well let, let me ref- okay. let me let me rephrase. There was a September prime time. There we go. Love that. Well played. Uh, sh- well, well hyped showdown last year between the Chiefs and the Ravens that was getting all kinds of, you know, oh, this is going to be a AFC title game preview. Yeah, uh, KC, 517 total yards, 29 first downs, 34-20, good night. And they just went in and lit those guys up. And I have no reason, I mean, you know the Chiefs, the Chiefs, we talked about this last week, like, hey man, these guys, if they're favored by anything less than a touchdown, like I think that's a pretty yeah. solid play. I know it's also a public play, so you know I might be walking into it, but I'll walk into it. Yeah, those. I mean, they they are the they're they'll probably be a public play every week, right? And it's just yeah. uh, you're not going to win betting against them. How about that? That's one of those teams you're not going to win betting against them. Yeah, you know so, we always uh, talk about that eighty twenty rule, but there are just certain teams that you're not going to go fist for the twenty when they're when they're playing teams like that. And Kansas City's one of them. You're not going to go on the other side of it. So yeah. I like it. Okay, so you uh, going to my pick? Uh, it's been the primetime games um, Monday night. Let's go to the <laughs> Norris Division. Detroit at Green Bay. Green Bay. I know. Minus I know. This is. <laughs> well, uh, do you know? Do you know what it is? Yeah. Okay. You probably do, actually. You're probably on the right track. Anyway, how about the NFC North, first of all, going 0-4 last week as a group? That's great. So, hey, at least, at least this game will result in somebody getting a win. I, I guess they could technically tie. Hey, oh. Um, <laughs> look, on the surface, there's no reason to take the Lions here. Uh, Taylor Decker's still out. Jeff Okuda, done for the year. I think Swift sat out practice today. So nothing really looks great for the Lions. You wouldn't want to take them. But what I saw out of golf last week is the stuff of Hall of Famers in that second half. You watch Matthew Stafford or CBS over the past decade. He's got a Hall of Fame career out of doing what golf did last week in the second half. I can get behind that. I can get behind that to cover 11. Um, he's going to have, if he stays in Detroit for the next 10 years, he's going to have Hall of Fame numbers. No doubt about it. So we can, we can agree to that. Anyway, look, he did, he did get him back in garbage time. So, kind of kidding aside with the golf, that was a little bit like a Brian Kelly joke there. I think it fell on deaf ears. But um, <laughs> look, during garbage time, I do, they, they played well and, and they looked good. 
I, I do think there's something to be said for the Campbell factor first few weeks. Like, I don't think this team's just going to lay down, right? I mean, what were they down, 24 in the fourth or whatever it was, and kept fighting. I think in the NFL, that works for the new coach for at least four or five weeks if you're not seeing results, so we can reevaluate that in week six. But right now, I do think there's something to be said for the team kind of rallying around this guy and wanting to embody a new culture and, you know, them coming up with some junk time touchdowns that may not win games, um, but will cover spread. So I think Detroit plus 11 is a, is a good play this week. I'm some value there. And that's what I do. I'm in shock. <laughs> you didn't shock. think that's where it's going? I thought you knew I was going to make a, a play on the, the golf garbage time compared to CDS. Well, I thought you were just going to go, you know, Air twelve. Um, he's gonna bounce back and no, no, I, I no. Actually, put a, he might put bounce a, back, but put a hurt on this. Complete I, here's yards. the reality: even if, even if he bounces back and they're up, you know, whatever, double digits in the fourth. I I just think there's a lot of hype around this Campbell factor that people want to buy into, and the team wants to buy into. And I'm not saying it's gonna work this year, but in week two, I still think there'll be enough fight in these guys to to get this thing back with an eleven late. Okay, you're, you're, you're buying it on the effort and, and everything. Okay. Yeah, All one right. side note, I, I texted you. I was trying to find a, a swift um, over-under receptions number. I, I couldn't find one. I would guess it would land somewhere between three and a half and four and a half, but I couldn't find one. If it shows up on Sunday, I would definitely take the over because there's going to be garbage time dump downs that guy all day. So I'm not counting that one, but that's a little extra for the, uh, for the listeners. Yeah, and I told you that uh, I, you know, we looked on drafting the sportsbook, and the one guy that had available was T.J. Hawkinson at four and a half. And um, uh, golf is uh, looking like a checkdown Charlie there um, a lot in in the week one, and he loves Hawkinson in those intermediate routes. I would I would love over four and a half. I love how people. Oh, he checks down. Stafford has been doing that for decades, and now you're just willing to just throw I, golf under the bus for one week. Well, well, listen, listen, I, your affinity and your coining of the Matthew Stafford is checked down staff. I found his replacement and it goes into my next two picks. Well, good. I'm going to talk about Stafford here in a second. So go ahead. Great. So, um, now maybe CDC check down Carson. Uh, we all, we all. Uh, remember last season there was all kinds of talks about what are the reasons for his struggles is it the banged up O-line is it all the banged up receiving core is it his own you know maybe he's playing hurt his confidence what is it why is he struggling all the above who knows bottom line is he got a change of scenery no one can argue that there's a better Offensive line in Indianapolis, one of the regarded as one of the best in the league, definitely has a great running game with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. Um, receivers, I mean, they're all they're all healthy. Nothing like to speak about big time, but still, uh, there's a very much better kind of insulated exterior around him than there was in Philadelphia on paper, at least you could say that anyone talked about last year than there is now. Well, week one, Carson Wentz, with this new great cast, and this, this insulated offense around him, I'm just going to tell you that 35 of his pass attempts 
15 of those went to running backs Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. That's 43% of his targets. Is that good? Went, went to running back. <laughs> I mean, that is so checked down, Charlie. I can't even begin to tell you. The passes that he completed, he completed 12. <coughs> Four, six apiece went to Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. 48% of his completions. Uh, that's someone who does not want to throw the ball downfield. And in fairness and, to you, I think I think you I think you said that either last year or the year before. It was like I think he's scared to throw the ball downfield. Yeah, I think you said no. that on this podcast. You said that. Well, it, it, that's what I did. I think we talked about last year. I don't know if you said it on the podcast, but maybe in some of our text chats, you made the comment that he just looks so uncomfortable in the pocket, like right. he just. And, and so, look, he's on a all all opinions all all you want to talk about with like the team around him now this team is regarded as a better team and it's the same result week one he looked bad everyone that read anything you want so what that leads me to is over under of receptions for the running backs and i i had naheem hines over two and a half last week which was a joke um he had six catches and uh, also taylor had six catches like i mentioned the lines this week, I have Jonathan Taylor over two and a half catches. That's it, plus 115 on drafting. So these are plus odds, really good. I'm also going to run back Naheem Hines over three and a half. That's it, plus 115 as well. Um, for the reasons I've stated, I like these bets. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. So I'm going to continue with the prop bets, and those are two of mine this week. And I'm through four bets now, so... Um, are you are you getting on your third now? Uh, this will be my my fourth as well. Um, okay. And I don't know why you just go don't go with check down Carson, CDC check down Charlie's going to check down Carson. Uh, yeah, they're pretty easy. It's just roll that in. CDW uh, check down Wentz. Uh, well, I kind of like the CDC. We hear a lot about the CDC now. Anyway, uh, so my fourth one is related to that game, um, and and some of the things you said kind of play into it so it's the rams colts the over under is 48 i'm going under uh one i don't believe in wentz i think he's got a long way to go to get more comfortable there um i think they're going to dedicate themselves to the run game a lot this week or these check down passes as you say i, I think they're going to make an effort to slow the game down get him comfortable and keep this CDS-led, one-week proven electric offense off the field. Um, so I also think, look, they, the, the Rams played the Bears. The Bears stink both sides of the football. They're just not good. Um, so I know it was fun. It was a good story. Uh, not that the Colts are the greatest defense in the NFL, but they're top half for sure. Um, I think we've seen CDS play you know, top 50% defenses and not do very well. So I think this game slows down quite a bit. You're not going to see the big plays on the Rams like you saw last week. Uh, I'm going under 48 in this game, and I do like your your uh, check down plays as well. All right. Do you have any opinion on the Rams minus? I think it's four right now. And I think they're a big, as far as disparity goes, There's a I think there's a big public play on the Rams. Do you have any opinion on this game as far as just like 
who you think is going to win. Um, look, if you told me blind, you didn't tell me anything, I'd probably take the ramp before I saw last week. But if you're telling me there's a big public play, but take a step back and say, hey, they're traveling across country. They're super high on themselves. They had a huge week last week. And I've watched CDS play for the last decade plus <laughs> in Detroit. I can convince myself um, of the Colts. So if you're asking me to make it, take a stance, I, I'd go Colts right now. I'd take the Colts on points. I, I would too um, for all those reasons. And I think just, you know, you know how it is in the NFL. Those those uh, numbers about starting, even though there's an added game this year, so there's not 16, there's 17 games. But if you start out 0-2, 0-3, it's a death sentence. Yeah, you're right? out. You're out. So um, you got to imagine if this team is uh, in it to win it, they're going to be fired up and they're going to want to get a win here. So I, I would probably look at the Colts as a sneaky upset. But, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, I, I, I am – kind of worried about Wentz in general. So, uh, all right. I've been through my fourth with those two uh, props. I have one prop left, and uh, I almost switched it to TJ Hawkinson, but I've already talked about that. <laughs> so, um, the, the official fifth pick is um, LaVisca Chenault, Jacksonville wide receiver, over four and a half catches. It's plus 110 odds and uh look this is a guy who, who he's he profiles he's kind of like a debo samuel he's like uh mixed between a running back and a receiver he's a big yards after the catch guy give him the ball in space throws a lot of screens shovel passes they just want to get him the ball and let him go and uh last week he had a team high seven catches he's second on the team in targets with 10 and there should be plenty of throwing in this game. They're a six-point underdog, so I think in the second half they're going to have a good game script where they're throwing the ball. But either way, this is a guy that they want to get the ball in his hands, and um, I think he's going to be a, a big part of their offense every week. So over four and a half, LaVisca Chenault Jr. catches is uh, plus 110 is my final and fifth pick. All right. Um, all right, so my fifth pick, I wanted it to be Swift, but we couldn't find the number. So I still think that's a good play for for a bunch of folks. So then I, I started thinking about, because Bob, I wanted to get in these over-unders with yeah, some of these props. Yeah. I started to look at offenses I thought were going to have a big week. And I do think Buffalo is going to have one of those weeks. And so I saw Stefan Diggs at over 7.5. You might think that's a high number. probably comes across that way. But... Uh, he has been uh, eight or above in seven of his last nine games. Obviously, that dates back to last year, but yep. that was when that was when Buffalo was really humming along. Um, I think they won seven of their last eight in the regular season. This doesn't come to playoffs, so I, I think them having uh, a must-win here. They're going to go back to some of the things they did last year. I mean, they're going to they're going to pick things back up, and he's going to be a big part of it. So I'm at Diggs uh, over seven and a half perceptions. Um, for my fifth pick. Yeah, and I, I agree. Uh, he's elite, and he's a guy who can have... I, I think people don't kind of... I mean, I think people play fantasy understand that, but I think in general, people don't think of him like they think of um, you know, DK Metcalf or... D-Hop or whoever it is, right. Yep. Yeah, I, and, but no, he, he was... That offense and Allen, they were all elite. I kind of think of that we talked about earlier. 
I'm kind of wiping away whatever happened in that game last week. And I still believe in Allen, and I believe in that offense in terms of passing. And um, even in a little bit, you know, Finns are a tougher matchup. They got a good, they got a, they got a legit defense. But no, I, I, I agree. I, I agree. Um, I would go over seven and a half. Like you're right. It seems like a big number, but I still would go over if I had to pick over or under. Is there uh, odds on that? Is that like just a 10% juice? Or? You know, Bob, I, I don't have it up anymore, so I have to go back and uh, okay. it real quick. So I'm I, assuming, I don't know what time I had. No, I'm, I'm assuming it's it's not close to – it has to be either like plus. 110 or 115 or maybe yeah, even probably. plus. So, so. Uh, I think I might have it here. Plus 115. Yeah, so, and you got plus money. That's a little bit of an advantage there. So, yeah. Like it? All right, so, yeah. So, those, those are my five. What, what do you want to do about the other two, like, straight plays we said we were going to um, put in? Do you want to mention those? Do you want to just do them on Twitter? What do you want to do? For this week, I haven't made my decisions on my Super <laughs> Contest picks. I didn't go three and two last week. Um I had the Raiders also, I just want to let you know. Uh, and, um, uh, but for right now, let's just do Twitter this week. And then okay. um, next week we can throw in at the end what our five straight against the spread are. Okay. All right, last question. MSU yeah. Kane's prediction? Uh, I think it's going to be an ugly, um, low-scoring game. I think it's going to be similar to App State and Miami last week, where it's kind of a low mid twenties game. And I think um, I would pick maybe MSU to to cover the game. I'm not sure about winning. Okay. Uh, your thoughts? Oh, I'm I'm going with a MSU victory, and I'm going to go ahead and say Michigan State puts up over thirty. I think it'll be a close game. Um, so Miami might get the might get the 32, um, but Michigan State scoring 30 points. I think their offense is really good. They have a lot of athletes there. They're obviously through two games. I don't even play anybody, but confidence says a lot in college, and I think they're going to put up some points against Miami, and uh, they're going to come out of there three zero, and then uh, Nebraska comes to town. So let's see what happens there. Well, if they do that, um, they're going to beat Nebraska by 30 points. So. Oh, you don't um, like Scott Frost and what he's doing there? You don't think things are that well? is they are they're <laughs> but they're possibly the worst team in the Big Ten. That's not exaggeration. It's not. It, it, it's not. It's bad. It's really bad. It's bad. So um, yeah, no, I, I we'll see. Hey, I mean, if they do that, obviously, I would love it. I'm kind of just you know, obviously we're all kind of oh. waiting and seeing. This is this is kind of the game, right? This is kind of the game. Yeah. Where we, hey, where one, we one more one more question I had for you. Um, yeah. Are you excited about? Um, Michigan getting their revenge game against Rocky. <laughs> no one wants to hear this. Uh, <laughs> I, no one wants to hear uh, this. You don't I, need to, that's fine. You don't I, I did. I it, it. One of our friends. Uh, it's really, really funny. <laughs> it, it, the, the Detroit newspapers, unbelievable, <laughs> sent this, you know, whatever, this article about, like, oh, Michigan really excited to, like, you know, get their revenge on Rocky Lombardi. 
plain is it northern illinois <laughs> yes yes northern illinois it was a legitimate article like and which leads me to believe they had some quotes from michigan guys in there that that like supported it i mean come on man that was bad i know the michigan team is not thinking about it that way but it was funny to see that headline like what do you like you're you're what kind of publication are you you're supposed to be like a legit large city newspaper and you're talking about the revenge on the rocky lombardi and it's like it's it's I, and I, I joked around and sent in a text. I just said the the line should be, uh, Michigan looks to not embarrass itself for two years in a row. Like, yeah. like it's it's so it's so. I mean, obviously no one cares about this. I'm not gonna uh, keep talking it's about still, it. But it's still funny. Yeah, that that is funny. Regardless, it, that, that's it, uh, that's entertaining. It's it's like if there was a local onion a chapter, that would be yeah. a headline. So yes, it is it is funny. So yeah, but um, yeah, I'm sure they're very excited. But anyway, uh, yeah, all right. Oh, um, hey. All right. Well, hey, good luck um, this weekend, and um, be in touch. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you. Good luck to you as well. All right. See you, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, I love putting this together every week. It's a lot of fun. I hope you guys enjoy it. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at RealBobbyAcock. Make sure to check out FakePigskin.com for all the content there. There's been an upgrade and overhauled website. Very excited for all the content there. And uh, yeah, good luck. We'll see you next week. Next week.